All right. Hello. Welcome to Dude, What Happened? I am one of your... Oh, by the way, this is the podcast where we discuss post-apocalyptic movies. If the end of the world's in it, we handle it. And I'm one of your co-hosts, Marcus, with my other co-host... I'm Bryce. I'm, okay, Bryce. What, Dude, what happened in Cabin in the Woods? So Cabin in the Woods follows a group of college students who... Um, is it spring break that they're going on? Some kind of trip? It's spring break. It's definitely yeah. a trip from college. It's mm-hmm. one of those college break. So it follows them... Um, they're they're just heading out on a trip uh, for some kind of college break. They end up in a cabin after meeting a very interesting gas station attendant, yes. who we it's will a talk cabin about later. In the woods, <laughs> big surprise, spoiler yeah. warning. It's in the, the desert. Cabin, <laughs> the cabin is in fact in the woods. Yes, but uh, weird stuff starts happening, like scary things. Eventually, a group of monsters comes out of the woods and attacks them, but. Um, this is all being orchestrated. Yeah. By like a corporate a weird corporate cult. Yeah, they seem to be like pretty pretty big though, and it seems like less culty, so much more corporate than yeah. like who are trying to appease some sort of elder god yeah. by sacrificing a, a group of individuals who are supposed to fit some sort of archetype. Yeah, they fit like they give like these five archetypes really like ancient sounding names Mm -hmm. but to be perfectly honest and the movie knows it's doing it they're the five horror movie tropes yeah for characters yeah which we'll we will discuss that briefly yeah after the rundown yeah things escalate yeah um very quickly and by the by the end of the movie um the world ends Mm-hmm. And that's how we're justifying this because we just want to talk about this movie because it's one of our favorites. It's a great movie. Again, it is on, well, we didn't say this, but it's on Tubi and Pluto. If you have any of those streaming services, pause, go watch this, come back. It is a short movie. Very short. It is 90 minutes and wraps up quite nicely. Very short. With to the, the end point. of the world. <laughs> yes. Oh, by the way, big spoilers. If Yeah, spoiler warning. Huge spoiler warning. Humongous spoiler warning. This again, our entire podcast. It's we should have called it spoiler warning. But <laughs> the podcast should be called spoilers. The podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, before we get any further into it, because I was trying to be vague yeah. because of the spoilers, go watch this movie now. Please go watch Shoo. now. Go. <laughs> we might have gave the end, but there's so much that leads up to it. Yeah. It's a great movie. Anyway, okay, so I think people have probably gone away and watched it at this point, hopefully. Yes. Um, all three. <laughs> yeah, every all the three people who are listening to this currently. Yeah. <laughs> I like how we keep joking about how we have no, like, listeners. I don't, well, we'll see what happens. I'm hoping. We have no way of seeing how many people view this at the moment. Yeah, so. and we only have one episode out right now, so yeah. we're not, like, we'll see what at, happens. At the time we're... of recording. Yeah, we're still pretty optimistic. Yeah. All right, so let's go. We, like, ha- we haven't been crushed yet. We haven't been crushed yet. <laughs> Dreams are going strong. Um, um, let's get into the movie. Yeah, and let's not start talking into, about like, the movie. Self. All right, so right now, like, let's talk about our main five before we like do anything else. Yes. Because I think that's that's the meat. That's fo- really. This is the movie focuses on these five individuals. Yeah, it focuses on those five and them fitting into the tropes. Mm-hmm. Which first thing, like little big spoiler, they are all they all fit the trope, but they're not supposed to. They fit into the wrong trope. Yeah, they put everyone except one person into the wrong trope. Uh, yeah. All right, so let's talk first. We have. Our man, Kurt Vaughn, who's played by the legendary Chris Hemsworth when he was just a, a young little lad back in the year of our – in 2000 oh. – no, 2000 – no, it, it, it'll sound like a mid, medieval herald. In the year of our Lord. In the year of our Lord. What was it? 2011. In the year of our Lord, 2011. 
Yes, we do have a scroll. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a cloak right now. We, we we do wear cloaks. If if you are a regular, you know we do wear cloaks. We live in a medieval dark tower. Dude, this room is lit by candles right now. It is. By the way, we're not speaking into microphones. We're speaking into skulls. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yes, back to Chris Hemsworth. Entirely produced by magic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it's like he's our first of our group of five, Kurt Vaughn. He is like, sh- should we go into descriptions now? Might as well. Might as well, yeah. So he looks like a jock. Mm-hmm. He's big. He's he's Chris Hemsworth. Uh, <laughs> he looks like an athlete, and it doesn't help that he's wearing like a varsity jacket. Mm-hmm. But li- little, well, well, do you want to start there, or should we like into who he really is? That's kind of easy. That's kind of tricky because like these characters are very different from the like stereotypes they kind of end up. Exactly. Because, well, we can discuss the stereotypes and why they fall into the stereotypes. Yeah. Because that's, like, the meat of what I wanted to handle. Because yeah. I think we should describe who he really is first, and then yeah. we can talk about that. Okay. So, he's, like, on... Is he, like, is it a full-ride scholarship to this college? Yeah, he does. He has a full-ride, but it's strictly academic. Yeah, he's not there for, like, a uh, sports scholarship. Which, like... So he's this big. He looks like a jock, but he's entirely a nerd. Very intelligent man. Very intelligent. Very smart. And then we go with Dana Polk, who she's just a normal college girl, who she is played by, what's her name? Kristen Connolly. Kristen Connolly. And she's pretty much like a normal college girl, kind of your girl next door. For lack of a better, I, do, I don't like yeah. putting people in like a group. But, yeah, she's kind of your girl. She's just normal. She's a normal college girl. But we kind of handle in the first, like, sec, first, like, few minutes, mm-hmm. she did have, like, sex with her, like, teacher. Yeah. Which, disgusting. <laughs> it's I gross. Wondering, I was wondering if you are going to bring that up. Well, it's, like, an important part. Because, like, we'll get into, like, the tropes pretty quickly. But mm-hmm. pretty much she's your normal college girl who had a relationship with her teacher. And for everyone out there, don't do that. Please don't. don't. Just don't. It's creepy. It's gross. It's gross. If they try to hit on you, report them, please. Please. It's gross. No one no one should hit on students. Students shouldn't hit on teachers. It's gross. No. PSA over. <laughs> It's it's just it's nasty and I hate seeing that used as a plot point. It's disgusting. I know, I know. <laughs> Sorry, just my own little little rant. Now we have Franz Kahn's playing Marty Mikowski, and I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's how you pronounce that. Yeah, Mikowski. Who is a glorious stoner? Great, he's a great man. <laughs> he's a good man. A hero figure to my friend Marcus here. An icon. <laughs> An icon of cinema. He really is. I like there's many characters within the cinematic universe who are icons. And our man Marty Mikowski is among those great you know, you have Luke Skywalker, <laughs> Hannibal Lecter, these diverse Great acted roles, and you have Marty Mikowski um, amongst in the hallowed halls. <laughs> he is a stoner to the very end. That's it. That's him. <laughs> He's a stoner. <laughs> Next, we have played by Jesse Williams, Holden McCree. McCree. Yeah, pretty much he's an athlete. He got a full ride strictly off of football. He's good at it. And he's just, he's kind of new, new kid on the block. He's new, he's like new to this group who's originally made out of everyone we talked about and one more person who we will get to in like a second. Mm-hmm. And so they are kind of introducing him to the town, to the state, pretty much to their friend group, to pretty much everything. And so he's just new kid on the block, really good football player, just good guy. Mm-hmm. And last person played by Anna Hutchinson is Jules Loudon. 
And she is a blonde college girl, and she is dating Christopher Hemsworth's character. Who it's gonna be hard to keep <laughs> all these names. Christopher Hemsworth. Kurt. She's dating Kurt, Christopher Hemsworth, Thor. And and they're they're a cute couple when we first like see them. They joke a lot. Yeah. They're really sweet. And so that's our group. That's who we have. Those are our five people. Mm-hmm. So uh, the movie doesn't open with the students, does it? It opens with the technicians, right? It does. It opens with the technicians, and we just see them in like this... It's it's like white, right? It's mm-hmm. a very white warehouse. Like stark corporate. white corporate building. Corporate building. They're driving those like golf carts. It's very just like normal corporate. It really gives off just like business. Mm-hmm. Business. You don't know what at the beginning of the movie. No, um, but you don't think anything out of the or you just yeah. think maybe like you just you know when you see like someone tells you, "Oh, I work for like a multi-million dollar corporation." You're like, "I don't like care what you actually." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just those people who just do business, like big corporate and like you don't know what they actually do. It's just like that. Yeah. You just don't care. It's so boring. And that's kind of what you think is happening until you realize they are in the business of Preventing the end of the world. Yeah, appeasing the gods. Mm -hmm. And pretty much kind of what we first see is that they are not like they are the American office. Not the show, but like (laughs) they are literally the American branch of this humongous corporation. There's one in every country. Yeah, one in every country. We see a few like uh, Japan is doing its part. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say Sweden. Norway. Yeah, I think Argentina has one. Argentina has one. Like, I think it's safe to assume every country has a little thing. And they all orchestrate some kind of event. Yeah. um, That is intended to sacrifice certain individuals to appease these gods. Yes, because pretty sure it feeds the god. Mm -hmm. And because. There's a weird. Every time a kill is made, you see this weird mechanism. Yeah. That, like, pours... It breaks a thing and pours blood into this, like, weird chamber. Like, weird chamber that seems like kind of a tunnel mm-hmm. that leads to the god. Mm-hmm. The god and, is literally under the building. <laughs> yeah, the god is under the building. And it's also kind of fun because you see this corporation. It's, like, the further up you are, the, f- like, less important you are within the corporation. It's all about going further down. Because the further down you go, the closer to the god you go, which means the more important you are. And the entire thing is you have to feed the god the certain sacrifices. If not, the god gets hungry and comes out yeah. and unleashes havoc because that's just how gods are. They You don't want them in the mortal realm or they will destroy everything. Yep. Just ask just ask like mythical Greek people. Mythical Greek people. <laughs> Ragnarok wasn't fun for the Norse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just kind of playing on that. Um, yeah, it's playing off. You don't gods and mortals don't. Yeah, and he'll come out looking for food, which will destroy the world. Yeah, as it does. <laughs> and the mighty Sigourney Weaver plays the facilities director. Yes, she. Um, it's great treat to see her in the movie. Mm-hmm. She's just a phenomenal actress. You hear her voice before you see her. You do. And she has such a voice. And where like, You know uh, it's Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> yeah, because I remember hearing it, and I was just like, is that? Oh, my God. Is it? And then you, she comes out of, like, the depths. Uh-huh. Like, legit. Her office she is co- literally, like, right above the gods, like, chamber. Yeah. <laughs> she legit comes out of the depths. You see her, like, rise out of, like, mm-hmm. a like stone chamber. Yeah. And so pretty much, yeah, she's really cool in the movie. And she's a good villain. Oh, yeah. Proper. We'll get to her very soon. Because she is technically the villain. Yeah. Um, Even though you don't really see or hear her for yeah. a good chunk of the movie. Yeah, we'll get more into her soon. I feel like. Yeah. But uh, so we see like these just like corporate stooges. Mm-hmm. Just like and they're normal guys. They're like grab a beer after like after a shift. Mm-hmm. They're talking about like their wife's baby proofing the house. They're just yeah, 
normal middle aged working like business guys. Yeah, like they have suit and tie. Like, well, not even really suit and tie, just like white shirt and tie. But yeah, but no, like. Like business casual. They're business casual. Mm -hmm. Like you expect them to go into a cubicle and instead they're like. In a control chamber. Control chamber creating this like pseudo ecosystem Mm -hmm. that is entirely designed to kill kill sacrifices. Yes. Because the cabin itself is like a fake construct. Mm -hmm. Like they have an acquisitions department that gets people to come here. Yeah. Um because they use, like, subliminal, like, messaging and stuff to get them to come to this cabin. Yeah. And then they control everything about the cabin um, from, like, the monster that attacks to the... Like, they even pump yeah. gas into the, the ventilation system that makes them the... Uh, it's a weird gas because it makes them act stereotypical, even, like, even though they're acting in a, as a different stereotype than the person, like, yeah. they really are. I think it like, makes the, them more like, well, the th- more like vulnerable to subliminal messaging and. Because do you think like they pump a different gas for each person? No. No. No, I don't think they do. I think because it comes out of every single vent. Yes, but my thing is, if it was coming to the, the gas, why isn't making like one person follow an entirely different trope then? I don't know, <laughs> and that's never really explained. It's never explained, but you know, and, like the corporate but, messed yeah. up. Yeah, and gas really doesn't have a very long effect yeah. because they start coming to their senses like pretty having, soon. Yeah, especially our boy, like Marty, mm-hmm. our like our pothead. He comes like I don't know his I... his strain <laughs> is something else because he is not. <laughs> We forgot to mention that he has a bong that can transform into, like, a metal coffee thermos. It can. All right. This bong is very special. Is this going to get... Can no. we put this episode up? We will. <laughs> if I have to fight in, like, a court of law to get this episode up, I will. It's just... It's a giant bong made entirely of, like, aluminum and metal. That I like to believe that was like forged in like a blacksmith. It's like a telescope, telescopic bong. Yeah, it's like a telescope like, bong, and it the, turns into like a coffee, a metal coffee cup. Yeah, they with a handle and everything. Yeah. it's truly genius. But that's besides the point. Yes, um, I just thought it was worth mentioning. It's it's just it's very artistic. It's very smart. So. They, we have that. We have our corporation. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about, because I almost forgot, they they have the scenarios with how they kill everyone. Yeah. But the betting. They make bets on uh, the... Because it's kind of randomly picked what monster is chosen. Because they have a huge chamber of these different like mo- movie monster type yeah. things in like these cells. Yes. But, like, also within these pseudo-environments, within these scenarios, within the cabin, mm-hmm. we have objects. Oh, yeah. In the basement of the cabin, there's a, a huge collection of seemingly random old objects. Uh-huh. And whichever one ends up getting, like, picked and interacted with yeah. picks the monster. Yes. If you open up the object, it pretty much is like, okay, we're following this storyline where mm-hmm. they die by this. Mm-hmm. And again, they have multiple different monsters, which means multiple different like weird like themes and yeah. Like the for example, the one they follow is a journal. Yeah, it's a journal of like this a member of some old hillbilly family. Hillbilly family that's like really religious mm-hmm. and they all die in a really sad, like very sad hillbilly super Christian way. <laughs> and they very uh, carry. Like <laughs> Yeah. And they're very they come back as zombies. Exactly. Um these weird cursed undead creatures. Yeah, because also the object's supposed to like not only is it a like a signal to be like okay, we do this thing. Send this one up. Yeah, it it also gives like a little excuse. It's like, "Oh, we open this diary that's linked to this zombie family," mm-hmm. which means because we opened up this diary, we unleashed some type of evil magic. It pretty much gives an excuse. Yeah. Also, 
to like why they're getting killed by these mystical creatures. It's because they opened up this mystical item that just so happened to be there. Just like in a lot of um, horror movies. Because, by the way, this movie is based off so many horror movies. It's satirizing and parodying like every... Such a good satire. Like, from slasher movies to like... Because like Evil I, Dead. I want to say with the object, yes, there's some Evil Dead with like the Evil Dead books, but also Hell Hellraiser. Oh, yes, because there's the pinhead type creature with the weird buzz saws. There's that, but I was also thinking with an object summoning the evil force that kills you. Mm-hmm. So we see a lot of that. Also, it's the horror movie tropes, which they like try to like turn into these like ancient like roles yeah because i was i have the list of them pulled up yeah um because each one like there's like a a sacrifice victim that fits into five different like archetypes yes um which is the virgin yes uh the athlete Mm -hmm. the fool the scholar and something i don't think we can say on this podcast um so the i can spell it I think we can spell it. Can we it. spell it? We can spell it. I was just going to say, like, promiscuous person. The, but if you want to spell it, go ahead, I guess. W-H-O-R-E. Yep. Which we will just call the promiscuous person for now. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of something that we can say that won't get censored or make this unuploadable. Yeah, or distasteful. Yeah. Let's just go promiscuous. It's not that long of a word. Yeah. I think we're fine. We can say it pretty easily. So, yeah, those are the five tropes we have. And now this is where, like, do you want to get into the the mismatch of themes? Yeah. Because this because is the f- most fun part. Our character, Marty, the stoner character, is the only one that gets. F- he stays. He's the only one that gets assigned the proper one because he's designated as the fool. He, yeah, which. <laughs> Throughout time, it's been seen as if you are a pothead, you are an a slacker idiot. and an idiot. You like are too busy getting high to like do anything, and so yeah, it pretty much like that movie pretty much follows that whole thing. Even though he's like, yeah, he's still pretty much a fool because it's kind of one of those things that. He's not an idiot. He just makes dumb decisions. Yeah. Which we can all sympathize. (laughs) Yeah, I think we all make He's a man of the people. (laughs) A hero. A hero amongst many, for many. Like I said, you're a hero archetype for you. He's just so funny. (laughs) He really is. He's like, we'll talk about something later that's like an earlier scene in the movie where he comes in. We will get so much into it. Because there's this really, really good scene. And we're going to use probably use our one swear for yeah for we, that. that's why we've been very careful because we want to use our one swear mm-hmm. because this is also an inside joke between me and marcus it's yes we we have said it multiple times it's it's what binds this relationship it really is yeah um <laughs> i wouldn't say that but sure it's the glue that keeps no it also helps when you you live in an apartment with each other yeah um, All right, so moving on, let's get into what everyone kind of gets mismatched in. Yeah, which is so fun, and I think we're gonna because we have so much time. Yeah. I'm so excited. So Chris Hemsworth, who is our, um, you know, he's he's there for an academic scholarship. He's yeah. a really smart guy. He once the gas starts affecting him, he starts acting really dumb. He starts acting like he starts drinking a lot more. Yeah, he starts acting like your stereotypical like football jock. Yes, because he, he was falsely labeled as the athlete yeah which like he looks like an athlete and he's wearing like because the other guy's not wearing a varsity jacket no he's not yeah so he's wearing the varsity jacket which makes you think athlete and so they label him as athlete and he becomes acting more like your stereotypical 80s movie, horror movie athlete. Super dumb, always drinking beer. Very aggressive, Ob- like super, super aggressive. Super aggressive, obsessed with like football specifically. Very obsessed with football and very like active with his girlfriend during this movie. Okay, yeah. Okay. Which is very much like 
it's stereotypical 80s because mm-hmm. athlete equals bully equals very aggressive, very loud, very mm-hmm. snarky, very, like, I would say toxic masculinity, which is what he's giving off at that moment. Yeah. And so that's our first. Now, of course, like we talked about, he's not our athlete. No. <laughs> so should we go to our next person? Yeah, sure. Uh, we can do the Virgin. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. So, as you can probably tell, the Virgin is supposed to be the person who didn't have sex, who hasn't had sex yet. We all know what the word Virgin means. So yeah. Yes, we are all proper adults, hopefully. Hopefully. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, please don't have your children listen to this. Yes. Um. Yes, yeah, so pretty much... Dana Polk is picked as the Virgin. Mm-hmm. Who is the one who we mentioned earlier who had relations with her a professor. Yes, we learn from her friend, Anna Hutchin- Hutchinson, sorry, I'm just checking, mm-hmm. that she has had sex with her professor. Gross. And <laughs> yes. And which... um. I don't know. Last chi- time I checked in anything, you are no longer a virgin after you have sex. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of like that's a main component. Mm-hmm. So she's obviously. She's not in the right category. Yeah. She's not in the right category. I still think it's bad that you're putting people in categories, but who am I to judge? <laughs> yeah. So there's that one. And so I think we should get into like Anna Hutchinson. Who is Jules Luden? Jules, we'll just call Jules. Yeah. And she is put in the promiscuous category, which ha- has a different name, but I don't want to get demonetized. We don't want. I don't think monetization is a, our problem right now, my friend. I think. Or it's... edited or canceled or anything. It's what our college. Can- <laughs> it's what our college will allow us to upload. <laughs> and when I mean, can- I mean like they won't let this episode. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. I don't mean like culturally. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, okay, so pretty much is she's put in that category, and I think we both know why. And it's the dumbest reason. Mm-hmm. She's blonde. Blonde. She's Has blonde a and pretty. <laughs> and theref- she's blonde, pretty, and likes to have fun. Therefore, she is promiscuous, which is... Disgusting. That's disgusting. <laughs> Not that she anyone could be promiscuous. I just don't think you should be j- judging people it. straight off of looks in like five seconds. I agree. Thank you, Bryce. <laughs> I'm. That's all I need is your approval. <laughs> so, um, and then we have Holden McCree, and since like Marty is obviously the fool, mm-hmm. or put in that category in the right way. And Kurt is our athlete. Our boy, Holden. Is the the scholar. Is the scholar. Because <laughs> even when like he starts acting more like academic, he puts on glasses. He puts on glasses, which is just... He wasn't wearing before. He doesn't have glasses. His we, manner of speech changes. His manner of speech changes. We are not even sure this man has prescription. <laughs> yeah. We don't know where the glasses come from. <laughs> they're, they're probably like glasses from the dollar store. <laughs> That he just, like, bought as, like, a joke. Yeah. Because <laughs> we never... We we aren't even told that he has bad eyesight or anything. We're not told that he likes to, like... I bet he likes to read, but we're not told that well, he, like... Well, maybe he has reading glasses. Maybe he does. Yeah, but he, I don't think he took a book. <laughs> yeah, where did... He was reading the journal. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was going to say, because you have glasses that you don't normally wear, but you have to wear them when you drive. I do, so. yeah. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I don't think the movie was thinking that far, though. Well, I think no. It, yeah. It's just, associ- like, the stereotypical association of glasses with nerd slash, like, like bookworm. Smart bookworm. Nerd equals smart. Smart mm-hmm. equals glasses. Glasses are on nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who is the scholar? And so that is pretty much, now that I think about it, the corporate is, they're, it's 
the entire business is made up of losers. Yeah. <laughs> because even the way they like picked to put people in categories is such like first thing it's misogynistic as 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 anything i can't say words here i'm silenced Uh, i'm silenced (laughs) i'm silenced all right calm down there no this is this is a movie podcast not a a a rebel radio station (laughs) we're not broadcasting this over ham radio by the way that'd be so funny if we were this is on spotify if this was on ham radio that'd be fun (laughs) (laughs) but no we might get more listeners that way yeah but I mean, from like our first two like corporate guys who we see, they are pretty like they're gross. They're old, like middle aged old older men who are misogynistic. So misogynistic. Um, the one in the glasses, I don't particularly hate. Eh, he's better than the other guy. The other guy, I loathe. I loathe him because he's disgusting, and you know he's one of those old men who get attracted by like teenagers, and it's disgusting. Ugh. It's I'm not wrong. <laughs> Because he's totally attracted to the college girls, and that's disgusting. Yeah. It's gross. It is gross. It's so gross. Like, the other guy, but when they were doing their little, like, court, their dance, mm-hmm. because they were watching the kids have fun, and so they do their, like, old man dances, it was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny. Like, if you just, if you watch it, you know what we'll mean about yeah. that. But, yeah. Yeah, and I'm just, like, because you see, like, two sides of the corporation, by the way, because you see, like, the military guys who mm-hmm. are there as, like, security and stuff because you kind of have to have security when you have an entire prison of monsters. Of, like, mythical creatures and monsters that yeah. some are probably immortal. Yeah. Um, and, like, these... All sec- very angry that they're locked up in this place. Yeah, and these security guys are, like, obviously ex-military Oh, yeah. That's the only way you're going to contract guys like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're not getting Paul Blart the mall cop. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get these corporate guys, and you can tell, like, because we are put into the um, control room, the mm-hmm. operation room, and we get four people in there. We get two middle, middle-aged middle men who are pretty gross. Yeah. Very gross. Another woman who's, like, part of the corporation, much younger, yeah. Pretty nice. I didn't hate her. I no, thought like I thought she was fine. I thought she was fine. Like I'm going to say I don't approve of her career choices. <laughs> no. But um but like she seemed nice and then we get this like one sec- a like, new security guard. A new security guard who is very much questioning the methods and yeah. actions of this company cuz he wasn't exactly fully informed when he was hired. He wasn't and it's kind of he's having the discussion with the woman and pretty much she's like she's a nice person you can obviously tell but she also made peace with this mm-hmm. while he's like why why is this happening this is awful and she's like well it's for the greater good so she's nice but she's brainwashed mm-hmm. while our other two guys are just not good people yeah they're just not good people they're terrible men and i feel like the corporate people, the businessy people, losers. Total losers. Huge losers. <laughs> so losers. You can tell every single one of them got bullied in high school. Mm-hmm. And now they are taking it out on these poor college students. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then we get our military guys who, like, they're just here to do a job, get yeah. a paycheck, go home. And, the, like, the guy who we see first, our, like, first security guard, all American, I'd say. He mm-hmm. gives off like all American vibes. Yeah. Like very much uh, high school football, <laughs> apple pie. He's he's an American. <laughs> and so those are who we're giving. We're giving like very soldiery soldiers mm-hmm. and corporate losers. Yeah. And I just wanted to talk about that part real quick because you can tell by how losery these people are. That's why they messed up this job. Mm-hmm. It's because they followed, like, these really, like... They were cutting corners. Not only they, were they cutting corners, but they didn't take... Yeah, like, they didn't take time to investigate more. And, like, make sure they had, like, the proper resources. And they used, like, caveman logic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they had all five, like, stereotypes, all five tropes. But then they were like, 
blonde must be promiscuous. <laughs> a gay man would not say promiscuous, but I cannot say the word. We are like on thin ice. <laughs> We're already on thin ice with this episode. Yes. But it's like bl- blonde must be unloyal, like and <laughs> like sex. <laughs> Non-blonde must be virgin. Big man with jacket must be jock. Man with glasses must be nerd. <laughs> Boy, this is a smart caveman. Well read. Uh. Well read. <laughs> he also believes that uh, A Midnight Summer's Dream is one of Shakespeare's best works. <laughs> <laughs> How familiar with, is he with uh, ethics of philosophy? Well, he prefers Aristotle's, but he's also a big fan of Machiavelli. Ah. Yeah. I'd like to meet this man. He's a good caveman. Too We're bad so he off died 6,000 years ago. <laughs> He's been dead for a millennia. Yeah. Um, we're so off topic. <laughs> Should we talk about the monster situation? Yes. Talking about cavemen. Uh, <laughs> um, they probably do have at least one. Cave, Like frozen, thought-out cavemen? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Following this movie's weird logic. Yeah, because this is a world where monsters exist, and they're mm-hmm. all locked up in this weird corporate basement they've been captured and are kept in these weird glass boxes yeah and they're not happy about it no some of them are like you know some of like the ones who have names and then some mm-hmm. are just made strictly off of imagination because there's there's a zombies there's a giant spider there's a giant snake mm-hmm. i think there's some like big centipedes yeah we um, got a werewolf we got werewolf we got ghosts we have a ripoff of pinhead from hellraiser yes. Um, we have some slaughter like type of monsters who are probably like biological experiments. Mm-hmm. We have a, a murderous clown. We do have a murderous clown, and let's talk about the mermaid. <laughs> um, so one of our corporate stooge guys is yeah. like, because before we that say that, let's preface it with like everyone in the office from every department, they all come together and have a betting pool on which monster's gonna get picked. Yes. For each, like, session, like, every, each sacrifice, like, time. Yes. Because um, they have a huge betting pool, they all, like, pull their money. Which is so pathetic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of our guys, he bet, he wants a mermaid to, um, come into play because it never happened. Yeah, he always wanted to see, like, a mermaid in... Do you think he knows what a mermaid looks like? Probably not. Yeah. Because it's this weird, like... It's know, disgusting. Like, you know the Fiji mermaid? No, I don't. Which is like an infamous faked mermaid. It looks kind of no. like that, but more fish-like. And it's, yeah. just, it's just this gross like thing that crawls along the floor. And yeah. he ends up getting killed by it. Because I've on this podcast, have we talked about how like sailors used to think manatees were mermaids? We... I know we talked about that. I don't remember if it was on the podcast or not. Yeah, I was wondering. Well, pretty much a little history recap. <laughs> a little bit of history on A little your, bit of history, you know, a little fun. Funny post-apocalypse podcast. Yeah. Well, you deal with the science. I deal with the history. We have our thing. Mm-hmm. And so pretty much back in the olden days when people were sailing, when they the saw— ta- The age of sail. In the age of sail, the time of water— <laughs> Because now we live in a giant desert. No, the, the soggy era. The so- gross. <laughs> yeah, the the moist era. <laughs> when people were sailing, pretty much whenever they saw a manatee, they thought they were like half human, half fish. So that's where we reason. get our mermaid mm-hmm. belief. But the thing is, I feel like that mermaid was giving me manatee vibes because it was just this big, bloated, fish-like creature. And it had a blowhole. Yeah, it had a blowhole. I don't understand how people thought uh, this was human. <laughs> That's why I'm saying, dude, what do humans look like if that was like, they oh, look that like looks this. like my cousin Gerald. They look like this. Like... <laughs> Gerald. <laughs> Gerald. Yeah, so that's pretty much like, I really... I really enjoyed that because he even looks disappointed. He's like, oh, man. <laughs> Which deserved. You know, you only deserve disappointment. <laughs> and then it eats his face or something. It, it's gross. It's yeah. really gross. Um. Okay, so everyone starts acting more like their tropes. Um, our, what's her name? Give me five seconds. Jules who has been, like, who is acting more like the trope she has been assigned by the corporation, which is 
the promiscuous one is acting more promiscuous mm-hmm. a lot a lot a lot more flirty a lot more making out even with the head of a dead wolf which is really gross <laughs> just don't do it it's unsanitary like Clorox yeah, it's like a, it's like a, a taxidermy like wolf head yeah. on the wall if you're gonna do it Clorox wipe it down you don't want to get germs <laughs> do what you want as long as it, you stay healthy <laughs> yeah and so she's doing that like Dana who is being more virgin she's flirting with Holden and she even says like Oh, I've never had sex before when she obviously had... Like, she even says, wait, why am I saying that? <laughs> yeah, they like that's when the gas starts wearing off and like the guys in the control room are like, we gotta pump, pump some more in there. Like, the dosage isn't right. Yeah, but you would, like... They need the accurate, like, person for the sacrifice. Yeah, because that's what... That's a huge plot point is because they aren't the right people, the god is not happy. Yeah, and it's not just that. It's that you have to kill in a... Sp- like a certain, certain order. order. And I think also to kill in a certain order, like that's how you prevent the like sacrifices from knowing something is happening. Mm-hmm. Because like if you kill a certain person, like the the jock who is your muscle, then you can kind of take care of someone fighting you. If you kill the scholar, <laughs> you can take care of someone figuring it out and uh-huh. like things like that. And so pretty much they don't kill in the right order because they put the wrong people in the wrong tropes. And they're giving the wrong blood to the god. So everything's wrong. (laughs) Everything's wrong. Everything you know is wrong. If they just, like, and it's so easy. If they spent more than five seconds, like, just looking at these people and being like, okay, this one must be, like, they fit this stereotype. So now... Just mm-hmm. give that to them. It's so dumb. It is dumb. It's so dumb. Like, we could have done their job better <laughs> if we wanted to. We don't. I'd rather not, but yeah, I think we are, we're it's more not, capable. We're well, not burnt out middle-aged office workers. Thank God for that. Not yet, at least. Yeah, that <laughs> Hopefully never. It. Yeah, hopefully. I don't really plan on working in an office building type setting. So. No, neither do I. So we'll, we'll be free out in the world. <laughs> Um, so pretty much that's where, that's kind of what's happening. Mm -hmm. They are not doing the order right. And because of that, our full Marty is figuring things out. Mm -hmm. And he ends up getting attacked by a monster, but surviving. Yes, he survives. We think he dies, but he does not. Yeah. And he figures it out. He figures out that there's like an elevator that's bringing, like he just finds an elevator. Yeah. And he ends up actually rewiring it. He does rewire it. And Be- sends it back down. Yeah, because I feel like every, everyone's kind of getting the vibes that things aren't right. Mm-hmm. But he realizes that, oh, things aren't right because of the object. Some like It's not because of some weird mystical thing. Someone's mm-hmm. watching us. Yeah. Who is watching us? And how like how far does this go? How big is this? And he realizes it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, while this is happening, like other branches of this corporation also have victims, also have weird monsters trying to kill them, but actually not. None of them are doing it right. Yeah, they're all failing. They're all failing. The survivors are like living, Mm -hmm. and only one of the branches needs to like work. Yeah. To a piece of God. At that point, that's riding on the American one. It is because it's between the the. Japan and America right now. Mm-hmm. And we see Japan and it's honestly terrible. It's really bad because the victims they chose children. Children. A cl- a little girls. They have a ghost like attack like a gr- a classroom full of children. And we're not talking like we're not talking teenagers, which is still bad. We are talking little children kids. under like the age of probably 8. Mm-hmm. Probably these are children younger than 8. Yeah. Who are they? They're sacrificing. But they end up, uh, like sealing the ghost into like a frog. They perform or a ritual. Yeah. Which, I, little judgment on the movie. I highly doubt <laughs> little kids know like ancient rituals. 
Well, let's just give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, but they end up saving themselves, mm-hmm. and one of the office guys is very upset about it. Yes, honest, upsettingly upset mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> it's really funny, actually. It's really funny, but also really awful because you realize he's rooting for children to die. Yes. He's just a bad person, and I'm happy a, like, gross-looking mermaid, like, sucked his face off. No, it was the, it was the other guy with the glasses that was Oh, so that's upset. him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while, guys. <laughs> no. Well, I'm happy he died, too. I'm happy everyone in that corporation is gone. Down with capitalism, even if it is your CEO is a giant god. <laughs> Especially if your CEO is <laughs> a giant god that will destroy the world. Yes. So that's where, like, okay, that's where we're at right now. So, so our our Japan has failed. <laughs> Ooh, which sounds so much more ominous. <laughs> Japan has failed. J- Japan um, has failed. <laughs> so our stoner guy, and he he rescues. Um, which character does he rescue again? He rescues our person, Dana. Yeah, he rescues her. They take the elevator. Yep. Because like they're trying to escape from this cabin, and there's a giant. Oh yeah. There's a giant like electricity field that's preventing them from leaving the cabin. Yes, normal that means. kills a hawk. Yeah, it kills a hawk and it kills Chris Hemsworth. It does kill Chris Hemsworth. R.I.P. Hawk and Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I'm glad the hawk came first. <coughs> Sorry, I'm about to die. Um, <laughs> the hawk always comes first. <coughs> I think I'm about to die too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one cough equals death. Uh, well, in our next movies, they will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Realize the podcast you're on. <laughs> it's a, that's, a, that's a prelude. Yeah. So, okay. That's pretty much where we're at. They're inside a glass, like, chamber. I wouldn't say chamber. Cage. Yeah, it's like a glass containment. Containment, thing. because they... Because the way they went is the way the monsters are sent up. Yeah. They accidentally go into, like, the monster containment yeah. area. And so... And they see all of these things trapped in their cages. Yeah. And now they're in the prison. Mm-hmm. And the corporation finds out. They see them on the camera. Gets them out. And in defiance... Yeah, because, like, they, they end up in a security office and, like, the an armed security team is sent to, like, eliminate them. Yes. And then the arms, sec- in defiance, they press a button. Which releases every single monster. <laughs> every monster is released, and this poor security team. They, it's a it's a bloodbath. The room is literally painted floor to ceiling in their blood. Yeah, it legit is. Because this room is perfectly white before this. Yeah, and it's And it like, is a, a disgusting shade of crimson when the monsters are finished. Like, the entire place, no speck is, like, mm-hmm. seen of white. It's all and red. The monsters escape into the uh, the office building and start killing like the office workers and what's left of the security team. Yeah, like everyone is gone. The entire corporation is wiped out. Everyone is gone. Yeah. Which leads our to Marty and Dana are the last two, and they are heading down. Mm-hmm. Um, do we ever get a reason why they're heading down? I think they're just trying to find a way out. Yeah, they are. And they end up... So I would head up. <laughs> yeah. But they end up in, like, the god chamber. They do. So pretty much throughout the entire movie, after each kill, we see blood. Like like you said, like, objects for the blood. Like a, a vial glass blood. thing breaks and it, like, st- blood flows out of it into this vessel. Yes. But, like, these weird chambers... While the blood goes down, it's following down at like a, a lined sketch of a person. Mm-hmm. Each sketch is a different person, which is a different trope. Virgin, jock, scholar, you get my drift. Yeah. And they're really cool. I really like the designs. They're really neat. Yeah. It's just like cool like carvings yeah. into stone. Yeah, into really yeah, like like each old one represents looking stone. I like it. Yeah, representing each archetype. archetype. Yeah. And so that's the chamber we're in, and underneath the chamber is Sigourney Weaver's office, mm-hmm. and underneath that is the god. The god, yes. stewing in its primordial fire. Ooze. Oh yeah, it's very burny. 
It's a very Bernie god. It's blue, right? Orange. Orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. Is it? If I'm it's fiery. Yeah, it's it's like a burn a giant burning humanoid figure. Yeah. So that's what who we're dealing with. They get down to the chamber, and Sigourney Weaver comes up mm-hmm. from her office. So do you think? I feel like now's the time to do a nice little villain. Yeah, we can talk about Miss Weaver. Yeah. Because she's not named. She's just the director of this She's place. the director. Um, she's the head honcho. She's <laughs> The big cheese. The big cheese. <laughs> B- the boss. The boss. Yep, no more, no more, no more titles. We're done. We're done with that. Um. And, like, she just gives up corporate. <laughs> yeah. She's dressed in, like, a really nice, like, business suit. Yeah. Um, very, very business. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Sigourney Weaver is now up in the chamber. She's no longer in her office because she realizes the entire corp, at least American branch is all gone. All her employees are dead. All the American employees are dead. And all the other branches have failed. And we even see some explosions. So it's safe to say that um, things are going haywire. Things are not good. Things are really bad right the, the now. The god is getting angry. It's starting to wake up. Yes, because God is not being fed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, what a sentence. <laughs> He's hungry. He's hungry. God is hungry. <laughs> this entire episode. Just... <laughs> God, I don't know if we can upload this one. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um. So, okay, that's where we're at. And pretty much, what is she, like, telling them? She's saying that they need to sacrifice themselves for the greater good. For the greater good. And what do you think about that? I feel like I've had this conversation about this particular scene before. Yeah. Um, Just do it. <laughs> you're going to die either you're way. You're going to die either way. Why not, like... Save everyone else. Like, yeah. Like, like, you know you have a family. You have friends somewhere. You want them to live, right? Yeah. Like. I would have just, like, if I was in their shoes, I would have just done it. But I don't think Sigourney, she just was leaking so much corporate evil. I felt like if she, like, sat them down, maybe had, like, a nice cup of tea or something. It was like, let me just tell you. I just don't think they had the time. Oh, no, they didn't have the time, but I, I would have made the time because I would have been like, hey, we need sacrifices to feed a god because if the god is not fed, the god comes out looking for food. This god is so powerful, if they come into the mortal realm... Everything burns. Everything burns and it's destroyed. Mm-hmm. If you do... <laughs> Not sacrifice yourselves and feed the god. The god will come up and destroy the world. So you have two choices. Either not be sacrificed to the god and have the world destroyed. Or be sacrificed to the god and the world will not be destroyed. Yeah. Billions will stay alive. Mm -hmm. Because you're dying either way. So you might as well just like. Yeah. You know. Help everyone else out and give, 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 give us a hand. Give us a hand. Come on. Dude. Count this as, like, volunteer. We will put statues in your honor. No one will know what it's about, but we'll put statues. Name a high school after you. Just, like, something. Gee. I don't know. I would have been using all of the bargaining chips. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Cause I I don't I just don't think she handled it right. She was coming off too ominous, mm-hmm. very like cold, so cold. And it was that type of like you could see that she was pretending to be warm, mm-hmm. but it was that type of like you can tell it's so fake. It's just like it's 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 to further a, yeah. a, a means. It's oozing insincerity. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Insincerity. Insincerity, yeah. Insincerity. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> good. And, like, that makes it so much worse when you, like, just, like, someone's actively lying to you. So mm-hmm. I can see where they're coming from. I just think they had a bad reason. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't want I don't want to be sacrificed. No. But obviously it's the better of two evils. Well, yeah. Like... 
you die either way, but one way humanity lives, and the exactly. other one, it, you die with it. Yeah, so pretty much, um, because they don't like Sigourney Weaver, which seems to be the main catalyst, they do not sacrifice themselves. Well, she threatens to shoot one of them, doesn't they, she? She does, because she did not bring out tea and have a nice conversation. I would <laughs> Her negotiation skills need work. Mm-hmm. So... Pretty much what happens is she tries to kill them. They kill her. The god does not get the proper sacrifices. It's not fed properly. God is hungry, so... <laughs> so they just take out one, the last joint and smoke it as the god ascends into our mortal plane. Yeah, and... it's a very heartwarming scene. Mm-hmm. Very sad, but you see such a beautiful relationship between them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we do not get enough platonic relationships between a guy and a girl enough and that one was just so well done yeah so perfectly done because you don't see any romantic intentions but you see so much love mm-hmm. it's so well like done. like a friendship yeah the writing for this movie phenomenal mm-hmm. so good this is a really good movie it's a really really it's 93 percent on rotten tomatoes and and it needs to go up seven percent oh i know <laughs> There are some things I'm like, uh, I could not use that, but <laughs> yeah. But there's other things like with how gross the corporate guys is. I think that works perfectly fine because you're not supposed to like them, and it fits their it fits for the movie. Mm-hmm. There are some things that I'm like, yeah, we could have done without this, but like there, most of it, a majority of the movie was just like perfection. Yeah, and it gave off such like cabin vibes and stuff like that. Because, like, we have time. Do you want to talk about a little, like, the cabin genre? Sure. Cabin horror movies? Because I know Cabin Fever, mm-hmm. which is very much, like, I really want to watch that movie. We need to watch that at some point. Yeah, I the, only, on the only thing about it is, like, there's some pretty, like, just off-putting things in it. Like, the skin coming off. No, it's so gross, but I, that's I, why... I, yeah, we need to watch no. it. I just don't want to see that. <laughs> no, I told you that movie makes me uncomfortable, but I still like kind of want to watch it. Yeah, and so we get that. I don't know, like how many cabin because it's Evil such Dead. Like, Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such as like a horror movie stereotype. But those are like the two movies I can think of. I can't think of like a lot personally. Well, it's not just parodying, like, the movie is not just parodying, like, cabin movies. It's doing slashers. It's doing... Yeah, we do get slasher. We do get, like, the 80s trope. Like, supernatural stuff. Mm-hmm. Supernatural horror, like, gothic horror is there. We do get, like, the 80s high school horror movie trope, which you can see a lot in... We see a lot in Scream. Mm-hmm. Which is another, like, satirical, very well done. Sadly, we cannot. <laughs> we can't cover that movie on this podcast. No, but... until, like, Ghostface has, like, a nuclear bomb. We cannot. <laughs> <laughs> God, just imagine that. <laughs> just imagine Matthew Lillard. <laughs> um, so we kind of see that with the friend group, mm-hmm. which... We also see in like things like Nightmare of Elm Street, Halloween, um, Friday the 13th, all those movies have the horror movie friend group. Who all get slowly picked off one by one yeah. by some kind of thing killing them. And obviously the virgin must be the last since she is the final girl, which plays off some like – because people can really ho- – analyze horror movies Mm -hmm. it's so interesting to see because you see it like as a sign of like with the final girl always being the virgin is like a sign that virginity always like wins like purity it's very very um, old-fashioned very old-fashioned dare i say very patriarchal oh yeah i would definitely agree with that yeah and this movie (laughs) I think it's safe to say that neither of our two survivors to the en- to the very end are fit within that category. <laughs> no. I think it's safe to say. Yeah. And even if they did, they do die. 
Yeah, they still die. They, they survive one event. They mm-hmm. survive the slasher type of event. They do not survive... The end of the world. Yeah, um, whoever can, props to you. Yeah, if you can survive the wrath of the literal god. Yeah, um. which... Um, <laughs> I d- there's, there's a lot of evidence going against <laughs> that. But, yeah. But uh, I wish you the best. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Because it's going to be a long winter. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I think it's time to talk about our favorite scene. Oh, guys, because this is not a visual media, uh, you cannot see the smile that has that has been blessed upon Bryce's face. Because this is such a great moment. This this scene is just pure cinema. It Orson Welles could never. <laughs> So, um, Francis Ford Coppola, shaking. <laughs> All right. So early, pretty early on in the movie, when they're on their way to the cabin, yeah, they stumble across this old, rundown gas station that they think is abandoned. Well, not really yeah. abandoned, but like out of commission. It's your stereotypical mom and pop um, rural gas station, except run down really, really badly. Well. We could have that argument for days that all mom and pop rural <laughs> gas stations aren't all just run down. Horrible. Um, yeah. Anyway, a guy comes out and um, he's like, he's creepy, he's weird, he's like spitting tobacco. Yeah, he. Your stereotypical um, rural hillbilly mountain man. Mm-hmm. And pretty much, he's making everyone comfortable. He's too close. He's yelling. He's swearing. Mm-hmm. He is treating everyone with disrespect, just blatant disrespect. Mm-hmm. But they need to gas up, so just kind of had to suck it up for five seconds and then go mm-hmm. back on your way. <laughs> and when he's being disrespectful and talking to them, he brings up the war. The war. <laughs> and our our girl, um. Sorry that I had to check like every five seconds. I'm not good with name. Jules. Our girl Jules asks, which war? <laughs> because he just says the war. Uh-huh. He's very vague about it. Very ba- vague about it. Because they're talking about like since the war. And I, I forgot. What were they talking about? Like not many people come this way since the war or something. It yeah, doesn't really matter. Because he realizes that. It's the cabin. They're going to the cabin. He brings mm-hmm. up the cabin. No one has ever went to that, to that part where the cabin is since the war. Jules asks, like, what war? What war? And it's time. It's time to use our, our swear card. Please don't cut this out. It's so important. <laughs> it's the entire reason we made this podcast. At least this episode. Or definitely this episode. Um, so, would you like the honors, or? Bryce, which war? You know damn well what war. <laughs> yes! Is it the one with blue and gray where brother Bro- fought brother? Brother. <laughs> brother versus brother. Brother versus brother. This is all said by the icon himself, Marty. <laughs> Our pothead. Sorry, Mom, by the way, if you're listening to this. Yeah, um, if my parents are listening to this, um, this is not the son you are looking for. <laughs> and I was the one who swore, so it's fine. Yes. Well, <laughs> you know my family. So, <laughs> okay, Moving on. Moving um, on. That is the best. Best scene in the whole movie. Best scene in the entire movie. Dare I say one of the best scenes that ever came out of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. This... Forget... All the other scenes, Gone with the Wind, never heard of her. <laughs> oh, that's a statement. <laughs> um, <laughs> Annie, nope. <laughs> Annie's not that. <laughs> no, it's not that controversial. <laughs> Wizard of Oz, see ya. Wizard of who? <laughs> Wizard of who? <laughs> no, not here. And before La La Land, nothing. 
Nothing. Before, it's Cabin in the Woods. And before we upset everybody, this is mostly a joke. For all cinephiles, we are not. Yeah, this is mostly a joke. It's just a really don't, good movie. Don't and we attack like us. It very much. <laughs> don't crucify us, please. Yes. Everyone is allowed put, to have opinions. Put the pitchforks down. By the way, we are being surrounded right now by people with pitchforks and torches. We're never going to make it out We're of here. Never this, gonna is make it. this is our last episode. This is our last episode. Send help to our to the Black Tower in the Bavarian Mountains where we are hosting this podcast. Um, <laughs> goodbye. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, we need to rate. <laughs> yeah, we need to rate and wrap this up. Yeah. Um, I would give it a ten out of ten. Out of what? Uh, wars. <laughs> wars. This is a five out of five wars for me. Which <laughs> war we don't wars. know. A ten out of ten ambiguous wars. Ambiguous wars. <laughs> ten out of ten ambiguous wars. Because this movie is pure horror movie perfection. Dare I say, just a perfect movie even without it. Without category. It's just a good movie. And that's a rare rating from us. A super rare rating from us. It's mm-hmm. just a really, really, really good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you've seen our other podcasts, even movies we like, we don't give as much credit. Yeah, but this movie is a like this movie is a what's a a diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. It's a true classic. This movie, I really believe, will be a horror movie classic in the next like forty years. Yeah, it'll be down there with Child's Play, Scream, like um, Halloween, all the all the classics. I would agree with that statement. Yeah. Go watch it. If, Go watch if it. If you somehow haven't already. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so that's that's us. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up. We are done. So goodbye, and I hope you survive the apocalypse. End of transmission. Yeah.